Hey guys, welcome back to the Art of Craftsmanship Podcast. My name is Dustin O'Hara, and I'm here with my brother and co-host, Devin. Hello, hello, hello. hello. Last week I said, hello. welcome back to the Art of, Pot, uh, the Art of Craftsmanship. My name's Dustin. It was like completely out of my... Yes, it kind of works. Yeah, going back and forth between the channel and the YouTube, the podcast. What do you got, Devin? All right. Uh, Devin, why don't you lead us off with a quote today? Chimpanzees nearly always eat meat slowly. Usually, chewing leaves with each new mouthful as though to savor the taste for as long as possible. Often, too, I saw them actually licking the branches of the tree where the kill had touched them, or where drops of blood, presumably, had fallen. Jane Goodall. Jane Goodall from watching the, the shadow of men of man. Watching the uh Yeah, the gorillas. The, chimps, the chimpanzees. The chimpanzees, yeah, right. Yeah, so we know that obviously Jane Goodall was famously like the I guess there was like a movie called like Into the Mist or something. Um mm. was that Jodie Foster who played that? I, I don't forget. Know, maybe. But it was like the life of Jane life of Jane Goodall who was a um She still is. I think she's alive. Is she? Oh, he's shocked. Animal um, lover. Yeah. Like a zoologist or whatever. She studied um, the great apes, yeah, so yeah. chimps and gorillas and stuff. Lived with them in the jungles and crazy. But Dude. yeah, I like um, that quote is is uh, is a wild one. It really it really makes you think about the, the nature of, um, you know, human-like, mm, bipedal. Yeah. Uh, creatures. <laughs> Have you watched, uh, did you watch Chimp Empire? Chimp Empire? Yeah. No. That's on Netflix. And they followed a couple troops around for like two years. Oh, wow. And man, there's a couple scenes where they go to war or, you know, when they find a monkey and uh, they just yeah. rip it from rim, limb to limb. Oh. <laughs> That's <laughs> crazy. just screaming and they just grab it or they all attack another chimp and they just beat it to death and then start eating it. It's like, oof, he's a, they're not sweet little, like, thing. They're just as nasty as everybody else. Right. Yeah, and you think, you know, like, what's the, what's the reason behind it? You know, is there, is it like a, is is a social thing? Is it a status thing? Attacking? It, yeah, no, it's it's all that, or at least, you know, according to the documentary. Right, yeah. There's ones, like, yeah. and apparently they keep, they hold, like, grudges. Oh, man. Like, they, they can... They know which ones are which, you know, like that's, that's that chimp from the other, mm -hmm. other group who like wronged us that's wild. and then they will like surround it and, you know, they have like a hierarchy, just like kind of like a pack of anything. Mm -hmm. Some can eat with the main, with the alpha and some can't. And then there's females and stuff and the kids and it's, it's pretty, it's, it's good because they're, they're really up close and they stayed with wow. them for a few years. That's wild. Chimp and yeah. <clears throat> and you know, that's obviously like a a uh like a whittled down version or a um you know, a focused version of humanity. Right? You know, this hierarchy yeah, yeah. and you get yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's just the primal the like the primal nature of of like, you know mammals, I guess. Primal versions <clears throat> of us. Right. So why have we 
done <laughs> a chimp centric <laughs> quote, Dustin. Yeah, well, this is uh, this is a quote from the beginning of one of the chapters of Devolution, Max Brooks's Devolution, which we have finished. And if you've been following along to the podcast, you know that we are doing the uh, EDC book club, the everyday carry, the books that you carry with you all the time. And uh, yeah, so we finished the book and we want to kind of talk about that today during the podcast. Um, But not quite yet. We are going to get into it. Um, That'll be the majority of the podcast tonight, but we are going to go over some stuff first just uh, do our normal stuff. Talk about what's been going on. But yeah, yeah. So how about I'll kick it off? Sure. <laughs> so we our Instagram is now infested with people from Workbench Con. Oh my gosh! The the <laughs> worst deal. Oh jeez! In the Maker Planet. <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> yeah, what is it? What's the price? What's the ticket price? Remember, uh, it was way too much. It was like a thousand bucks or something. Yeah, it's something crazy. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I have not heard. I have not heard. Well, okay. I can say I haven't heard. I have not heard really good reviews of why to go to WorkbenchCon. Yeah. Um, that being said, every year, tons of people are going to WorkbenchCon. You know, but so all, like, but all those people are involved with it. Right. Like the mo the most I see from it is people who are presenting or they're in some business capacity. Mm-hmm. No one's like, Hey, I made it to here and they're just there to enjoy it. Everyone's either getting paid or, or right or involved in it. So I mean, so maybe that's why everyone I mean, so you kinda have to. I'm not blaming them, and uh, I've never been to it, so I don't really, really, in reality, have a strong, <laughs> it might be fun, right, and everyone yeah. might love going there, but I think a lot of the people we see on Instagram are, and people we've talked to and had on the podcast, they, they're just involved with it. They're getting paid to go there and, and demonstrate stuff. Right. But it just seems, I remember thinking it was so expensive. All-access badge. You can get an all-access badge, which are sold out currently. Mm. For six hundred and seventy nine dollars, and that's not even you know you're not even there or have a have a place to stay. Right. Yeah. Then there's the twenty twenty four industry marketing badge for nine hundred and seventy nine dollars. Industry. So what you go you have access to some ice right. cream social. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <sighs> yeah. For, so a thousand bucks, like <sighs> for a, a conference. I don't know. I mean, <clears throat> it's. To me, so I do know, like, you know, it. it's a, it's a, for people who, I think it's more of a, like, go to make connections if, if your business is, yeah, you know, kind of content like a, creation. Kind of like a traditional conference thing. Right. Like yeah. where all the music people get together or all the video production people get together and there's right. like a, maybe a lot of sales going on and right. demonstrations, but not even that because it's not like you're selling tools. And I think there's probably a lot yeah. of good info to have because there's a lot of good people going there presenting. Right. You know, but, um, you know, I, I don't know. I have this feeling that all those people presenting their stuff already have it online for free. Most of them. You know <laughs> right. what I mean? They're already. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you can have Jimmy DeResta talk about something, but he's, he's, that's his channel. Right. He talks yeah. about all of that. And he's got a right. podcast. And he talks about all of that. 
Yeah. It's like he's already an open book. <laughs> right. So do you really want to sit there and hear him? Maybe he will, like, make it concise and an hour of it, and then if you pay more, you can, like, talk to him. But mm-hmm. you can do that at Maker Camp. <laughs> right, yeah. And, you know, I mean, something like, you know, like Blade Show it was like 25 bucks a day to get in or something. <laughs> you know, you get like the, the three day pass for 75 or something. Right. So you're saver 50, you know, if you get the, what we got was the, the, the discounted passes from someone who has a booth, you know, so then it'd be 50 bucks or something yeah. like that's the deal there. Right. Cause you have like every like well-known custom knife maker. If that's your community, like that's it, right. You get to go, you can talk to people, you can buy knives, you know, for, not you know pennies like not not the knives but for the amount to go right to have all those people there in the same place and there are some demonstrations and stuff and yeah. some things but but really just like a chance to go and talk and you know and then you have the the uh, the pit afterward and stuff and mm-hmm. that's where you know people make connections and you can get more time with people and so maybe um, maybe it's yeah. just because some of those things you do have to have almost a foot in or you do already have to be a maker to talk to more people like right. oh i know this person i know this person so i'll chat with them and then i'll do this and maybe it's just yeah it's like a more traditional conference where it's right you just go and you know you're going to get information and you know you're going to meet some people right there's yeah. no like it's up to you like you can do this you can be outgoing you can like hang out at night you can go in the pit and talk to random people no it's like you pay the money and you will guarantee, you know, you will just get, you will get this. You will right. hear from all these people and then we'll also have like a meet and greet thing. You know, you don't have yeah. to wonder. Yeah. And if you're not known by anyone, maybe you don't have a presence making something, you know, then, then yeah. you just do something like that and, and kick it off that way. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's hard to, it's hard to justify that much money. <laughs> you know, that's, that's a lot of money to go yeah. you know to an event like that um yeah when other events also exist that are cheaper and you can basically do the same thing so yeah that one's tough i don't know but yes everyone is like everyone's all about work by Chicago right now on the maker instagram the growing network community. of diy makers influence and content creators discovering new techniques products and skills while learning how to make take their business Mm. to the next mm-hmm. level all right so maybe it's you know more of that more more also, the total package of like right. influencer and how do you put your videos together and also demonstrations on it's more of yeah like like you said kind of for businesses or people right. trying to trying to get their skill which makes sense there's a lot of good uh i feel like if you ask people to hey come present and talk for an hour then they will give you their best like gems, you know. Right. Yeah. Best hot tips. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean if you know right, if that's if that's what you want, right, that is it it I guess it would be worth it. Um but again, I like I said, I feel like depending on what you want, there are other maker conferences and maker events that you could basically get that same thing without having to pay so much. So yeah, it's maybe. yeah, it's a tough one. All right. I don't know. Maybe. Well, maybe one year we'll go or be invited to go, and then we won't be yeah. so negative towards it. <laughs> right, exactly. Oh, everyone should go to work by Scott, of course. Oh, man, you haven't <laughs> been? The other, uh, the other... What's that? No, nothing. <laughs> the other event that um, has also been flooding my 
Instagram is Blade Show Texas. So oh, we just yeah. had that. That yeah. was uh that was last weekend. Yeah. Um so lots of lots of knife makers were there, which is cool, you know. Um and so lots of people just posting about that and showing stuff they had and then, you know, some people being like, Yeah, I sold everything out and other people being like Hey, it was a great show, but I also have all these good deals still now on my website, you know, from all these knives I made. So, yeah, oh, what a it's such a tough <laughs> thing to go to these things in person. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't do it because I've so many times I've walked around so many shows and like flea market things and where people bring like the stuff they poured their heart into, mm-hmm. and yet you kind of don't want to wander into their booth because they're like watching you. But you also right, do exactly. to like give them a little love, like oh, your stuff is cool. And, you know, it's priced right. I'm, I'm not going to buy any. Yeah. <laughs> and then you kind of feel like if you don't sell anything, you're kind of bummed out because you put the money in. And mm-hmm. yeah, that doesn't really mean anything. It just meant that the thousand people that came walking through, just it just wasn't, you know, who knows why. Right. Yeah. But it's just they didn't see something or they already bought something or you were priced a little wrong for whatever reason. It's just right. It's, it or you're not like well the, known enough. Yeah. The it's sadness like it's a, of, of like the yeah. thing is, is too, would be too harsh. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, I think, you know, people who go to the big shows also probably go to smaller markets and stuff, you know, so they're used yeah. to doing different things. And so they're hoping that being at a giant show, you have people there because you do, you have the, the, the group of people, the percentage that are going to buy knives, right? right. They're going there to yeah. buy knives. And then the other percentage of the people who are going there because it's a cool event and they want to see people and talk to people. You have the other percentage of people who are going there only because they know knife or they are knife makers and they want to meet other knife makers and, you know, talk to their idols and stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, so it just depends on who it is. And then there's the like show etiquette, right? So if you're at a show and <clears throat> like if we walk up and talk to, you know, Jordan from JD knives, you know, if I'm just chatting with him because I'm, he's my friend, you know, it's like, and then someone else comes up, I'm going to back off and and let him, you know, do the sale. Right. Cause that's, you gotta know when to like back off a little bit. Be his wingman a little bit. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Greatest knife. Never seen anyone like this. Only two fifty. Oh my gosh! <laughs> he did post that he had sold sold out at Blade Show Texas. I, yeah, I so think I did I see that. that right. So it's it's a little bit of that, and then yeah, there's probably other knife makers who are just as good. And they're like, shit, I didn't. Right. I didn't sell what I wanted to. You know, I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, he has his secret weapon. His wife goes with him. You know, so she's there. It's pretty face. Like, hi, oh, come on yeah, in. We check out it, this. Yeah, you know. See. Uh huh. <laughs> We're talking. Yeah, you gotta gotta have your partner. Cells <laughs> in this world. Yeah. So speaking of knives, I um I finished all of the um EDC Viking knives. Nice. So I had them all like I had the the knives finished last week, but I finished the sheaths for them. It was kind of cool because um I had this kind of design in mind that I wanted to do, which is like it's a straight ripoff of. Well, it's a it's a ripoff of a combination of different styles and designs of not of knife sheaths from, um, you know, from like Scandinavian Scandinavian not yeah. Scandinavian knives like pukos and those style style knives, with a dangling sheath. Um, but the way the way I did the kind of twisted, I made um, the belt loops. You take a a strip of leather and you kind of wrap it around the sheath and then through a little loop that you build into the into the sheath and then you twist them and and I copied um uh Laurent Jewel Jewel knives on Instagram I copied his design to make that loop it's just like such a cool design it looks looks super awesome and mm. um yeah just like 
really classy, really like just fancy enough, but also practical enough. You know, it's like, it's right on that edge of practical and fancy, which I love. So <laughs> that was cool. And, uh, they all turned out really well and I'm really pleased with them. So this group that I made, the five that I made there, are, it's one for myself, one for Nicole and one for Corinne, and then one for Kate and one for Sean, our two friends. Cause they, do you know like wanted to go to like renaissance festivals and stuff with us so i had a group i like i had made a bunch thinking i wanted just to make a bunch to see how i could do it and see you know i was like well if i'm gonna make like two or three i might as well make a few more so i just made you know i cut and made a few um and so then i decided to give the other two to kate and sean um and then i have a i have like enough steel and files and things to do another 10 or 15. So I'm going to do another big group of them and then, uh, put them up for sale and stuff. And, but, uh, but yeah, they were fun to make and the sheaths turned out really nice. And Nicole was really into it as well. So she helped me make all the sheaths. So we were making them together and, you know, That's cutting nice. and, stitching and all the stuff. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Like, I my know. Like, favorite thing to we, do. I just need doing? someone to help me do the, <laughs> The repetitive uh, minutia. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, just having someone in the room with you. And we were actually working up in the studio and, you know, who, using who the talk, studio, which talk is awesome. back to you and not just stare at you with a camera. <laughs> right. Engage. <exactly. laughs> yeah. But, yeah, it was fun. It was it was cool to, like, to build them and, and um, come away with a design that I had in mind, but it came out really well. Like, you know, that's always... yeah always a good plus to making things that you, you know, you ha you foresee the end and then the end comes out the way you foresaw it, which is, which is nice. So they're fun. And, um, yeah, and along look, with they, that, they look good. Yeah. Thanks. I'm, I'm happy with, yeah, I'm really happy with the way they turned out. I am. I, so we were talking last week to Adrian. I was saying how there's that, like a level of, um, you know, a level of perfection you go for sometimes and other times you can kind of just let that go. Right. The, like the knife can be a little bit imperfect and that's okay. Right. And so with these, like the goal was to make these knives that were purpose built and, you know, not like something that they're, they're the Viking EDC knives, right? So there's something that would have been made by a Viking era person possibly, you know, as just a belt knife. So it wasn't like bejeweled or, you know, engraved or whatever, or Damascus or, you know, it was just a utility knife. Right. So the purpose of utility knife is just to be used. And so yeah, sharp, you don't want to use something that's right. Exactly. You're not going to just wear something on your belt all the time that, you know, cost you an arm and a leg to buy, you know, you're going to, it's just going to, be what it is. So that was kind of my perspective. I was like, well, let me go into this as if, you know, I'm just, I'm getting them to get them done. You know, of course I want them still to look nice and I'm trying to do as much as I can to make sure the craftsmanship is good and the symmetry is good and all those things that I'm used yeah. to doing, but just not overly fussy. Exactly. Like tone it down a little bit. So, so I kind of almost letting like the character of the thing just come out. Like, right. oh, this, this one's going to be a little different because yeah. The, this side is a little off or maybe this one's fatter than the other. Right. Right. Exactly. So, <clears throat> right. Yeah. So my, like my goal was to come away with usable knives. So that obviously there's a, a level of, of craft that needs to be done. So they're usable. Right. But there's also a level that you, there's a, there's a different level for when you're coming to for like a presentation piece or like a high end piece that's different than like a user. So it's kind of cool to do those and have that kind of mentality um, where, you know, it's almost like 
it's it's like the it's okay if it's a little bit wrong or a little bit bad mentality. And I'm not used to that normally, but, (laughs) but it was kind of like nice to work through a project really quickly and be like, Oh yeah, let's cut all these and grind them and do it, you know, and then make the sheaths. And and if the, if the stain on the sheaths isn't perfect, that's okay. You know, or if if they're not exactly symmetrical, that's okay. Um, and, and I think also in doing that, it like, it automatically, gave them character and life and, and like, a you know, a, a built in patina that they have the, you know, they have flaws built into them already that just show that it's like something that's has character to it. It's yeah. kind of cool. Um, yeah. And so like my goal in making these knives was to have them as like Renaissance festival carry on your belt knives. Right. So they kind of work, look the part. Will they you know, let you carry a knife? Uh, well, I mean, they say no weapons, they say no weapons. Um, but you know, but in Maryland you can carry a knife up to a certain size. So, you know, I mean, with these they are small enough, you can put them in your pocket until you get inside and then put them on your belt. Like, it's not a big deal. You know, like it's not, it's not a, like a eight, the blades are two and a half inches long, right there. So they're tiny. I guess if they're in a sheath on your hip, well, yeah, yeah, like if you'd find out. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. I mean, I, and, and also you know, other states, other Renaissance festivals allow different things, you know, different levels of weaponry. So, you know, we mm. figured that's fine. And with the idea of possibly going to Penzik, you know, the SCA mm. Penzik war, we wanted to have something for that too, like to actually be able to wear. Um, yeah. So I was making them with that in mind. Yeah. Um, and you know, I'm happy with the way they turned out and all. And so, um, recently when we were like kind of getting more into the idea of doing some type of SCA events or, you know, like, um, reenactment type things where, um, we, there's a group called Nyoder's Wanderers and it's like N-J-O-R-D. Nyoder. So Nyoder is like the, he's like, the god of merchants, I guess, you know, and, um, so what you do is you go with them and you keep a bunch of knives in like a, a jacket thing and you sell them during events. <laughs> hey, hey, you know, yeah, right. The God's wanders, merchants. Right. Well, they're they're So they are a living history group, right? So in a reenactment group, um, which is a different level of accuracy to time period than, SCA is like SCA is fun, right? It's a bunch of people having fun, um, you know, playing the role of someone from pre 1600 times and, you know, to whatever level you want, Mm -hmm. whatever level you want to do it. If you want to be super serious and everything is perfectly accurate, cool. If you want to go and you put on a costume that you just wear once a year and you have just a normal tent and you're walking around with regular tennis shoes underneath of like leather straps to make it look real, that's fine too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like not really a big deal. People, it's more like Renaissance Festival where people are dressed up. Yeah. They take it a little bit more seriously, but not like an actual reenactment group that you would find at Colonial Williamsburg or that you'd find right. at, um, you know, like Fort McHenry where they're actually they're teaching, right? Yeah, so they're yeah, showing yeah. living history. Um, yeah. So that's what the New Yorkers Wanderers are. They're a living history group, and they go around to different events, and they show the life of a uh, northern, um, kind of northern uh, seas area group of people who would have in who would have traveled around um, like a merchant group. So that's their kind of group. Yeah. Um, and because of that, they have they can do. 
um, they can kind of do reenactments for that time period, but it's not just in one thing. It's not just, you know, like not just Danes or not just Sweden or Norway. It's, or not just Ireland or England. Like they're all those things, France, Germany, like they, it's so they're a time period, but they're that whole North sea area, UK North sea area time. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. they, they have, because there's a group that would travel. So their idea is like they would travel in a, in a long ship as a group to a place. They'd come on shore, they'd set up their camp and then they would trade with the locals for however long and then they move on. And so they'd have different things from different places, you know, so like you can have a person who has some skills from Ireland and someone else has some skills that they got from France, you know, or, you know, Normandy or, so it's really cool. So there, I like the idea of that, right? I like the idea that they had this kind of overall perception of, of a, of a, um, you know, Northmen type Scandinavian group because mm-hmm. they are traveling in long ships and doing stuff, but, but right. they're also, there are like some Saxon influences and some Irish influences and, so, you know, French and So all you that. went and met some people this weekend? We did. Yeah. So Nicole and Corinne and I went, um, and met up, had coffee with, uh, with, um, the, the admin it's, <laughs> his name is, um, his, his name, his first name is Craig and I can't remember his last name off the top of my head, but his wife is Diana and their daughter is Bree. Um, and they, they're part of the, the Nyoder's Wanderers and they kind of, they were the ones who, who started it. They're the main admin. Mm-hmm. Um, so when, when we reached out and said that we were interested in potentially like seeing what it was like and maybe doing some stuff with them and, you know, actually like getting into it and like maybe making some crafts, you know, using tools and using methods that would have been, would have been able to be used at that time. Mm. Um, I think, you know, Craig reached out to Nicole and was like, Hey, if you guys are actually interested, we'd like to meet you. And so, so we did, we got together on Sunday and hung out and got to, talk about stuff and, you know, learn about each other, like what we do now, our professions and what our interests are. And, um, they have their daughter is, uh, I think she's maybe 18. Um, but she's like very similar to Corinne, you know, mm-hmm. like they both love to read, love like, Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings and, you know, <laughs> like all yeah. that Percy Jackson, all that stuff. They love, you know, that we're all geeking out over the same fun, geeky book stuff and the same, <laughs> you know, like the same, you know, love of history and, um, and yeah. craft and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, and then I showed, so I took, um, some different knives and things I made and I showed one of the knives to Craig and he was, he was like all about it. He's like, yeah, this is like the new ones, the Viking EDCs. He's like, it's right on. It's like, it's the right shape. It's the right, um, you know, sing like a hidden tang. That's right. The, the, the grind is right for the time period. You know, he said, you have to, you have to remove the mark, the maker's mark. He's like, can't have the maker's mark. Cause that's not period. Right. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well that's fine. Whatever. That's not gonna happen with these, but maybe I'll make other ones if we're actually working like, with them. I'll paint them on. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, so he, he really liked them. He was like, yeah, these are, they're great. They fit the time period. Right. You know, which yeah. is cool. Cause like whatever the, all the craft and stuff he does, you know, which goes into like the things they do there and show are all based off of historical references or, you know, like there's, um, the, I think it's called the Gottsted, Gottsted ship. I think if that's what it is, I can't remember. I might be wrong, but it's yeah. uh, like a Viking ship that was found in a burial that was like completely full of like, you know, tons of stuff, you know, stuff that they see now and like, uh, belt buckles and everyday things that people would have had. So, yeah. you know, tools and things and, so I actually um, bought a book 
um, I forget what it's called, but it's about it's it's a book that goes through and and labels all the tools. They found a tool chest that was like completely full of tools from a time period that like a blacksmith would have had, you know, or a carpenter. So it's like all this, like the different stuff. So I ordered that book online. I'm waiting for it to come in because I want to, I want to see what those tools are and see what I can have and use to make things like bows or like, um, you know, knives and woodworking things like things, the tools they would have had at the time to make the things that I want to make. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, cause like with that, like with bow making, um, that's something that Craig was saying that they're, they don't have a bow maker. They don't have a boyer in their group. Right. So that'd right. be kind of cool. Like it'd be fun to like, you know, figure out what I have, what tools I have now that could basically be the same thing. Like, I'm I'm pretty sure that draw knives were around then. Right. So that's like right. files, you know, rasps, things like that. They were around at that time period. Um, so, you know, doing like normal long bows and things is something that, uh, that could be fun. And, um, and yeah, so again, it's just a different level of seriousness, right? I, I like the idea of doing like an actual living history reenactment thing like that. Yeah. That almost is like, is just as exciting to me as going to SCA events and being able to relax a little bit into the characters that we design, you know? Right. And so like, yeah, you don't have to worry about it being as specific, but then, you know, there's a different level of seriousness when you're going and you're teaching people about a time period or you're reenacting a thing that would have been done at that time period and talking about it. You know, you have to know your, know your facts a little bit more. So how many people are in that group? Um, so I think that he was saying that there's probably about like 25 or 30, like active members who actually go and do events with them. Yeah. And then there's their Facebook group, which is what we became a part of, which is like 600 members. Yeah. <laughs> so they're like all these people part of the, the Facebook group, but um, only so many of them are like vetted by Craig and the other admin, you know, yeah. as like people who would actually attend events. And um, right. so he's, he's a little like wary sometimes when people put up information like, oh, you know, I have this information about this thing or, you know, like he, he'll go through and make sure that the information that's being like told and disseminated on his on the wanderers page is accurate to what he knows right and if he doesn't know he'll try to reach out to somebody else who might know before before this is like information disseminated this that's not real right or that's yeah. not backed by um you know evidence um, so yeah, and, the, cool. and these people are going to penzik as well um, I don't know if they're doing Penzik. Um, I know there's a bunch of different people from the group that are doing Penzik or, you know, or different people in the Wanderers Facebook page. Um, and we talked about it a little bit and like, I can't remember specifically, but they, cause they do a lot of, um, a lot of events. Like yeah. they, there's like a military, um, event down in Virginia. I forget if they called it MSA or something. Um, that they do each year. So it's like all these different time periods, like basically showing how the military would have lived and worked and processed and stuff in, you know, from different uh, eras. Um, and they're doing the Maryland sheep and wool festival. Um, so they live in, where do they say? I think it's over near like Bel Air. So they used okay. to live, uh, in the Cockeysville area, but, uh, now they live over near Bel Air. But, uh, but it's cool, you know, so yeah, cool. they're, you know, they're, they're familiar with all the SCA stuff, but then, yeah. you know, they take what they do. The Nyota's Wanderers is like a separate thing. That's their own group. And it's very much a, a, a like an action, like a to factual reenactment group. So, mm. um, 
Cool. But, you know, it was fun. Like, we all had a good conversation, and, and Corinne was really excited, and she was, like, holding her own in conversation, and um, Greg's wife, Diane, was there, and she was super friendly, and she's, like, really into, like, weaving and, and traditional weaving, you know, s- styles and things from that time period, and um, their daughter was, like, she was fun. She was talking. You could tell, like, everyone was just into it. We were just having a good time, like, meeting yeah. each other and talking about fun stuff. And, nice. And, uh yeah, it was cool. And so I think we'll probably um, try to do an event with them at some point this year. We may do Sheep and Wolf Festival at least like one day, go out and, and like, you know, hop into the role and see what it's like. You know, even if it's not like if we don't really know a ton, we're, we'll like kind of act the part and like tell people what we do know and then hand them off to someone else who knows more if they have questions, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, it'd be kind of fun. And like, and Craig was saying, he's like, yeah, you guys can come out like. I, he's, he's probably like, um, five ten or so, you know, like medium build. So like he said, you know, my, he said to me, he's like, your my, my clothes will fit you. Right. So you can wear them. They'll all be accurate. <laughs> um, you know, but they said the same thing, like we can find out like costuming and stuff for you guys. You don't have to worry about doing any of that stuff yet. You know, just coming out, trying an event. And he said, really like the reason why they like to get together with people and meet him is like, I want to make sure they're not like racists or fascists or assholes. You know, like, they really, yeah, right. He's like, they need to be like good people who aren't, uh, he's like, he was saying him and his wife's up there like joking. He's like, we're the only ones allowed to be assholes in the group. Everyone else cannot be, <laughs> everyone else has to be like good people. So, but you're uh, like, you know, you're playing people who raped and pillaged as well. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> they weren't the nicest group of, <laughs> He's like, not us. They're just the one. They're merchants, right? That's different. They're not. Yeah, no, although, no. although you know, I mean, every man from that time period would have like been a warrior at some point if they were like, you know, if they were Scandinavian, probably. Right. You know? So it's like, yeah, I'm like, you're a merchant now, but you probably at least pillaged at some point, <laughs> raided, <laughs> stole. Yeah, you got your wife from somewhere. <laughs> yeah, right. Cool, but, man. Yeah, it's cool. It's fun. It's been fun to just like, um, you know, kind of get into the role and do different stuff and, uh, and think about the craft and the things that I can do and make that I love to do anyway. And so like, if I could do them, if I can try to, again, like, you know, try these skills in a way that it would have been done in the past, um, just to like relearn it and do it in a new way. Like that sounds cool to me. So it'd be cool. Sweet. Yeah. But yeah, so it's been fun to make the knives and, uh, fun to explore the idea of doing different type of stuff with uh, SCA or, you know, reenactment stuff. And yeah, we'll yeah. see where it takes us. Like, yeah. Yeah. All right. Devolution. Should we get hey. into it? Yes. Dustolution. <laughs> all right. Devolution. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So, uh, this is our kind of official, um, wrap up. Yeah. Book club, club wrap, wrap up for the first book of the EDC book club. Max Brooks's devolution, which we, uh, you know, alluded to in the beginning, of course, talked about a little bit, um, at Devin's suggestion, which I thought was a kind of a good idea. He figured that we should both kind of write our own kind of either synopsis or, you know, overview of what we thought of, or what we think the books are about in a couple paragraphs. And then, um, so we'll maybe read those first and then, go from there and then talk about the book and yeah maybe maybe do that first and then give like a uh, kind of a run through okay uh, like in depth more of what happens during the book and what we think about it cool yeah do you want to start or should i i could start that's fine 
I got you go ahead. All right, so this is um so I finished the book uh it's been probably a month now. Um maybe before maybe even more. Was it before New Year's maybe? I don't remember. But um so it's been a little bit, so I had to go back and kind of flip through some stuff and reread some things and then get my thoughts together. But um so this is my like two paragraph synopsis of what I think the book is about. Right. So not necessarily like a a um not a mini not, review, but just Exactly. A, yeah, not like not a synopsis, but a but a an overall a general arcing like this is what the book's about. All right. All right. So uh, Max Brooks's devolution is a story about the tragic events that happened to the community of Greenloop and the people and Bigfoot that took part in the event. Uh, after the eruption of Mount Rainier, Greenloop is completely isolated from the outside world, which is what they wanted in the first place. Mm-hmm. But when they begin to be hunted by a family group of Bigfoot who are also fleeing from the aftermath of the eruption, they are forced to work together to survive or perish like so many others. Uh, on the outside, this is a tale of epic survival and a people facing an enemy that they can't even believe exists. But when you look at a, at a bit deeper, you find a story of a people who are forced to become a focused version of who they are at their very core. A people who have to choose to become something that they have learned to hide about themselves. These inner traits come out and show themselves as exactly what they are, either good or bad, but real. Those real inner selves are pushed to their limits in a life or death trial that leaves some of them hopelessly lost and others finding something about themselves that they didn't know existed, but couldn't make it out alive without. Mm. Yeah. Well said. Thank you. <laughs> I had like, I had the general um, arc of that in my mind as I was going back through thinking about, okay, you know, this is like, it's a tale of people who have to realize who they are, right? And like, they're all these kind of yeah, normal yeah, us yeah. these days, people who are a little bit of everything, but when it comes down to it, you really have to boil it down to who are you really? And how is that type of person helping out mm-hmm. a group of people to survive? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I did. Um, so I use chat GPT cause I spent, <laughs> okay. I spent so much time photoshopping a picture of Dust and I with a Bigfoot in the background <laughs> that you can use on Instagram tomorrow. Nice. That, that I, uh, didn't have time I ran remember. out of time to write the thing. So I used the computer. <laughs> okay. Um, actually, let me see if I, I'll send a picture real quick. I'll get your reaction on the pod. I'll just send over. Uh, <laughs> here. I will say that I'm pretty proud of that. Those two paragraphs. That was like me writing straight through without editing. Nice. I was like, yeah. I mean, I knew I wanted to write like one paragraph that was kind of like a, this is what the story is about. And the second paragraph is like, what, this is what the underlying current is about. Well, you wait, wait until you hear my robot. Hey, <laughs> synopsis. Um, here, right, check it out. I just sent it. It's <laughs> good, isn't it? That's great. <laughs> <laughs> nice. The maker cat picture. Um, yeah. That's right. great. Oh man. <laughs> like the table's nice and like woody and that's fun. yeah it changed the table and all and they put that cup and the book on it and stuff all this crazy stuff <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> yeah i love it <laughs> uh, you guys will see that i'm sure when it, when it comes out okay yeah, I'll, I'll post that to uh yeah instagram tomorrow all right, i asked chat to give me a review in the style of Siskel and Ebert. Like when they, cause that was my, I got that idea of dust from like each person doing 
like what it's about and kind of their general start start to tell you the, like what they think about it. Gotcha. So you get a little bit of like what they liked and what they didn't. Right. Um, and it actually did pretty good. And then I, it gave me like a general idea of it. And then I kept throwing in the things I wanted to uh, to pick on. Okay. Gotcha. Here we go. Yep. In Max Brooks's Devolution, readers are plunged into a harrowing tale of survival as the tech-obsessed residents of Green Loop face an ancient and primal threat. The narrative unfolds through the perspective of Kate Holland, a resident of Green Loop, as she grapples with the escalating horrors that befall the isolated community. While Devolution successfully engrosses readers in the challenges faced by the core characters, the desire for more encounters with those beyond Green Loop lingers. A broader stage could have elevated the narrative, providing a panoramic view of the aftermath and maybe a more profound understanding of the widespread impact of the destruction. Let's be honest, it's about a Bigfoot massacre. So the journey to the heart of the Sasquatch suspense takes Mm. longer than some readers may find tolerable. Mm. Max Brooks meticulously builds the narrative around the Greenleaf community, perhaps lingering too much on the day-to-day minutia before delving into the primal terror promised by the elusive creature. Absolutely, I do think uh, Devolution is worth a read, especially for those who can endure the measured pace at the beginning. Despite the initial build-up, Brooks manages to deliver a satisfying and gory ending that might be particularly rewarding for fans of horror. The intense and graphic climax adds a layer of gratification, offering a visceral resolution that can compensate for any earlier impatience. There you go. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's good. Uh, Yeah. I, um... Yeah, I think, you know, like, after reading it, and yeah, you know, it does take some time to build up to the, you know, Bigfoot and what's happening and and this massacre that they keep talking about. Um, Yeah. You know, I think, like, with, with, like, what I was writing about, it really is about this, like, this group of people who are becoming more primal and then to face a group of primal pre-humans, mm. you know, or, or some other evolution of humanity, right? Potential. Yeah. So like, I think the fact that he writes about the day to day minutia and all the things that are important to them when, you know, at that time in their lives until they start to realize that they have to survive as a group or they're just going to be massacred completely Mm. you know it's important to build up that day-to-day it's important to build those personalities no yeah for that yeah that's for sure yeah no i understand that um all right so we'll give like a general play-by-play what happens all right and maybe we can we can pick stuff out um so yeah they all it's like these these tech valley california people Mm. who they want to come up they want to have a little town in the country um kind of a communal thing too but they want all the uh all the niceness niceties niceties of of city life so they make these like super tech homes that are they run by um gases and natural gases and stuff and like fertilizer you poop and like everything's supposed to be off the grid 
Um, mm-hmm. But you still, you know, you still have Wi-Fi and AC, and your house is really nice, and all that stuff. Um, and then, so you have how, how many families? Is it? Five, I think it's six. Um, I think it's six houses. Let me double check. I can look on the map. That's yeah, I'm gonna look on the map to this one. Yeah. So, yeah, there's uh, one, two, three, four, five. Yeah. So six, six families or six um, houses in Green in Greenloop. Um, and then, yeah, when you open up, there is a there is a map, mm-hmm. and usually you can get kind of a feeling of the scale of it, you know, from that right. that map, and the, you know, and this one was kind of so small and simple that disappointed me in the beginning. I was like, ah, it's cool, but there's not like you'll have a map of the places, and then here's like the village, or this is like right. the fighting things, or these are like <laughs> the tree. There's like a lot of specifics outside of what you're um what you think you're gonna have you know so right. but this is the, the it's like oh the whole thing is going to take place in a little tiny like loop of houses right yeah and that's good and bad but my point in the beginning was like i wanted a little bit more but anyway so everyone's kind of getting to get, getting along um kate mm-hmm. and her husband they're not really they're kind of she thinks he's like a slacker Kind of right. like, kind of a weak man, I guess. And she's just like, yeah. I think she's just over everything, right? That's why she moved right. out there. Like, oh, maybe this will fix him. Maybe doing this will be better for everything. My health, my my marriage. But then she mm-hmm. starts meeting people. And the um, you got the uh, the leaders, the guy who, like, set this whole thing up is, like, right. some stud dude and his yoga wife, right? <laughs> so she's got, like, the hotch for him. Which I wasn't mm-hmm. sure what was going to happen with that. <laughs> like, yeah, right. <laughs> well, this would be like half romance. <laughs> right, what's um, going on? And and I don't we we didn't say it, but the whole thing is like from I guess I did in the in the in the pretext. Um, it's in Kate's hand. She's writing about it, so right. it's all her views on things and all the people she meets and who th- she thinks is nice and not nice and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, you know, they like like yeah, like you said, they you know, all these different people, right? All those different groups, they're all there to um to get away from kind of normal city life, to try this kind of you know, communal living type thing, um, that's like self sufficient and self sustaining and green and um and so they all go out to this place to survive. Or, you know, live together, and they've done everything they can do to like disassociate themselves with normal, you know, day to day U.S. life. Um, and they all like, you know, either work remotely or work from home, or like the one, the one, uh, is like I forget her name, but the one wife is like a yoga instructor online on YouTube, right, right, you know, right. she does like, and uh, and then there's so there are these different characters. There's an older guy who's probably like in the sixties or something. Um, there's a, a lesbian couple who have a adopted daughter. Um, then there's the main like husband and wife, the kind of like upper middle class looking like, you know, Jim, Jim wife and good looking husband who's got a job, blah, blah, blah. And, um, and then there's, um, let's see. And then there is another couple, uh, what's it, Vincent and whatever, just like a, a normal couple. Um, and then Kate and her husband. And then there's, uh, and then the, the like, 
the wrench that gets thrown into the group is this woman, Mostar, who's an older single woman yeah. um, who's like Russian or something or, or like Eastern European. At I, think, yeah. I think I read it was like she was a, a survivor of the Bolivian War. Okay, right. Some type of, yeah, so yeah, you're, you're right, over Eastern, uh, you know. Yeah, Bolivia. Yeah, right. Yeah. Or no, that's... Uh, or, no, that's... Uh, not Bolivian. Bolivia, thought, South America. Bolivia. But, really? But, um, but, yeah, so she's like, and she's an artist, so she is a, um, you know, glass artist, and uh, she does some kind of cool stuff with technology, with 3D printing glass, um, and, you know, different glass blowing techniques and stuff. So it's like all these different, the different people who have come together to live here in this town. So, so Kate and her husband moved there because Kate's brother and his husband who moved there as they, they were like one, some of the original, they were the original group that lived in the house. They separated and in doing so, they both kind of went and did all their own thing. So the house was vacant. So the brother, told Kate, like, you guys should come out and move to Green Loop. Like, come move to the house, to my house. And uh, so they moved out, and, you know, she's, like, really enjoying being out in nature and walking around, and she's, like, noticing all the smells and the colors and everything is changing, and, you know, she's she's all into it, and she's very, like, you know, woohoo about everything. She's like, I'm loving this. Like, I'm very, like, you know, into this whole being out here, being away from the city life, and um, but she still is very insecure, you know, she's like non-confrontational with her husband, her husband's non-confrontational. And then they meet these different people who have all these different personalities. Um, and you know, like you said, that alludes to like, you know, maybe there's some, some type of, uh, relationship that'll build between her and Tony or somebody else or, you know, all these different people, um, which those things don't happen because then things start happening um with the bigfoot <laughs> um, yeah and a, a correction bosnia bosnia makes bosnia sense. there you go yeah um yeah so like there are there's a time where kate's out in the woods and the whole book is written either from her perspective from um journals they're either like reading her journals which is her like writing about what has already happened obviously um or it's written from the perspective of her brother um talking about what he's in the aftermath of the whole event talking about what he's there to do to help to find her to figure out what's going on or from the perspective of the different park rangers that were the ones who found green loop after the after the all the events happened um but Kate talks about like walking out in the woods and feeling really awkward like something's like she's being watched she has got that feeling and then she starts smelling this really like rancid smell and just kind of freaks out and runs back in you know to town and and then like slowly little things start happening like there's um a uh compost bin that gets basically like torn up and rip through and so they're like well is it a bear or you know it's like the the amount of destruction was like too much for a bear you know so they're not exactly sure what it is and so these they start to allude to the possibility of it being a bigfoot but of course like all of us you know we know that bigfoot's not real so they're like that's like how do you how do you uh agree on something that you know isn't that real you know mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's not a thing that, you know, what can it be? What logical well, yeah, thing is they it? They don't agree on it yet, though. They're all still, like, 
I mean, some people think, but it's like right. By then, yeah, that's the thing. Still right. Like, oh, we, we don't know until they. They start definitely don't it. know. Yeah. And then at one point there is like a big bobcat or something or a big mountain lion that yeah. they see. Um, so they're like, okay, maybe that was that all along. And you know, doesn't they have like was there something that like took a dog or something? I can't remember. I, I uh, don't know. Did yeah, they have um, I don't remember. But um, but so then like they hear one night they hear the the bobcat or whatever the mountain lion like like fighting fighting something. Yeah, you know, and they hear it. And then basically they hear it like die. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah. So I guess then they're like, they slowly more and more things happen um, where they start to actually see the Bigfoot, the different, there's different, like a whole family, a whole family group. Yeah. So there's like the, the matriarch, the main female, and then uh, her, I guess, husband or whatever, you know, her like boyfriend. main, her mate. <laughs> um, okay. Well, let me stop you before the Bigfoot. Okay. Get, okay. This is where, because I didn't really care about the characters that much. <laughs> and this is where, because I was so interested also in the uh, Mount Rainier erupting. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. And like one, what, like one or two people like left and either didn't come back or um, did and was like shocked. Oh, or right, said they right. couldn't How get they, through. Why they had to? Yeah, why they had. If leave. we could have got a little, maybe a little bit of, like Kate goes with whoever to go see what right. is there, and got some yeah. like, I wanted a little bit because they did say there was you know the highways were covered and a lot of people died. So see some of that, right? Yeah, to send you running back to there, and then if you had some survivors come up, not that it's like the end of the world thing yet, where they're like some weird crazy cannibal tribe you know but they could be some group of people that come up and they're they're not sure about them and then you show a little bit more about the people how like maybe maybe they're snobby maybe they don't want those people here like look this is our thing and then also then you could have had some of them get killed off Ah, you know what i mean then it's like oh you know we let them stay in some tents over here in the field next to the thing and last night like we think they left or like, why didn't they take their stuff? They're, they're nowhere to be found. And then someone finds like an arm <laughs> right? and yeah. that kicks it off. The, I, you know, obviously that's just things I would have liked, but just a little bit more opening up. I know maybe, maybe his purpose was to keep it isolated and right. But I, you know, I thought there was more interesting stuff to think about and get described. Right. Right. There was like, yeah, they could have, there, yeah, I and I agree. I feel like the book would not have, um, there wouldn't have been a detriment to the book to go into more stuff, right? It right. could have added to it without without taking away, you know, it could have even helped to develop the characters more right. by doing that potentially. Right, right. You, you can show the same, you can show their personalities and what kind of person they are by the, yeah, those type of interactions, not like oh, my husband's on the couch and he doesn't want to help clean up and do a whole right. whole chapter about that. Right, right. And so I didn't, like, all right, <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I wasn't, like, I didn't really mind the buildup. You know, yeah, I kind of, I yeah. kind of liked the, the story of the characters and, like, yes, like, you know, I think, you know, wanting to get into... The actual, like, and I think it was pretty much like half and half, right? The first half of the book was very, like, build you up, build the characters, you know, build this community, 
um, how they interact with each other. They're like, you know, you really, you really learned about Kate's, you know, mentality. You really got into her mentality. You understood her well. Um, yeah. And, uh, so I think, you know, it was this like really passive, um, you know, non-confrontational person Mm. trying to like figure out who she was and why she's even here and and, like always like second guessing her own decisions and wanting to be a stronger person or, you know, wanting like wanting her husband to be a stronger person to help her be a stronger person. You know, like it really got into who she was. Um, and I think then, you know, having her build into the character that she ended up being by the end of the book, um, you know, I think it was, I do think that there was something missing. Like it felt like there wasn't enough. I don't know. Yeah. I, I just, I, you can tell that in a more, I mean, but I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm just picking holes in it, but I, I did enjoy it. I did read it right in like, yeah. you know, a few chunks, Yeah. Um, yeah. but, but I, I did enjoy it and it never stopped me, yeah. but it's almost like, Hey, it's a zombie apocalypse. And the first half of it, we're going to focus on the mom and dad going to work. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, no, that's cool. And, I, and you're letting me know about it and that's fine. Right. And I'm, I'm understanding what kind of person they are, but it's like, of you got to get to what we want to see right because it's it's like the book wasn't a horror but it had some and it wasn't like a right um what do they call it in film mise-en-scene everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the filet fish sandwich all day that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Then, mise-en-scene. Where it's just, <laughs> it's, it's like a everyday thing. Ah, right, okay. Where it's a scene, a, 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 like a, a life, a picture of life. Right. So it's not that. It's not that type of book. Right. And it's not a horror. And it's not a horror. It's like it's like too between, too right. too far. It's too much maybe in the in the middle. Yeah. And and I think, you know, to to justify that, I feel like it did by by not going to in too much in either direction, it almost seemed like a real slice of life. Mm. You know, even much more, like almost, and and that maybe that's what he was going for, but like maybe that's not great. You know, like maybe we want a story right. to be a little bit more. Yeah. You know, but like if if I were to actually, and, but maybe it had to be that way for him to write it in that perspective of like this is a real like writing it as a as a piece of documentation of an actual event. Right. You know, maybe you write it like it would actually happen. So yeah. to make it believable. It's got to be just normal people and they're not great. They're not like, you don't have one guy who's like, you know, who's a karate master or who, who knows how to, who already makes knives, you know, like, like, you know, you have, you have these just like a normal group of people. Um, 
who they have some idea of how to do some things because they are people who wanted to like create this independent group that was going to be relatively self-sustaining. So like they kind of know how to grow things and they kind of know how to make things. Yeah. Uh, And they kind of just like, they are pushed so far to a limit that they have to do what they have to do. And that's why a massacre happens, right? That's not yeah. why like, like they all survive and they kill um, all the, all the Bigfoot. You know? That's, that's the other chunk of it. It's a survival book, but it doesn't have enough survival. Mm-hmm. It's like all these different things, but you don't get enough of it. You get a little <laughs> bit of each one, you know, right. like, Oh, they start to grow stuff and they've made some stat, some, um, you know, what do you spears call them? And spears and stuff. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, and the other thing, just a personal, I, I do not like flashbacks, and I do not like going away from the story. And I know that's what (laughs) that style is, kind of. Right, yeah. But every time they did that, it felt like a... It just slowed it down. You hit hit the wall, and then someone else is just talking about something kind of involved, kind of like it, or it's the brother, or it's some random park ranger talking about something else and something they saw, or someone talking about the way that apes... Like, mm. so it, it all kind of, but it's like, I just want to hear the story. Right. Like, stop flashing back, stop, or flashing <laughs> forward, I guess. Back. Like, yeah, right. It's, it's every other one. It's like, well, what happened? Like, I don't want to hear, I just, that's just a personal thing, which I never right. liked that, even in, like, movies. Yeah, right. I'm like, we're already in the story. Stop going back to when, well, he, when he was a boy, he fell in a river. Like, I don't care. <laughs> right. He's in a exactly. war right now. I don't want the river story. I want the war story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i agree yeah that's like yeah that's a, a personal you know yeah that's just your opinion on I, the, what you like it yeah right yeah and i agree i mean it, it definitely does pull you out of the story and like there are books that uh i'll reread books sometimes and just skip over those sections right because i like <laughs> yeah. i i already did it once like i just want to read the story again and it's so i'll almost, just like yeah, skip chapters it's like you're you know, giving like, me some type of homework Right. <laughs> yeah, right. You exactly. Know? And then you're just adding like extra characters that I have to um remember. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Like, I have oh, to build this, that into the Was this the Ranger the from the last <laughs> flashback of talking about the other thing? It's like I just forget it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Alright, so so the, all right, they start seeing the big the big feet. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So there's like, they have, there's, um, you know, a few things that happen that they could suspect that it could be some type of, you know, Bigfoot or maybe it's a bear or who knows. Right. Mm. Um, there is uh, a scene where there is a, a Bigfoot that comes down and is doing something. I forget, like getting into something in the backyard and so Kate sees it at night and they like kind of lock eye to eye and then it like runs off. Yeah. Um, and then even, even it's still at that point, she's still questioning herself of like what she saw, you know? And then she's, so she, I think is like trying to convince some other people of what it was. And maybe, maybe um, her husband saw it too. Maybe they both saw it. Mm. And they're like, they're, I think they have this like conversation back and forth. If I remember correctly, if like, it, did we actually see what we think we saw? Like, are we, are we imagining things together? Right, right. You know, are we are hallucinating this thing or is this actually like, it took them a while to say what it, what they thought it was, you know, they're yeah. like, that was a Bigfoot. Like that was definitely what we saw was not something else. And then they're like, trying to, I guess, slowly convince other people. 
And so the group, they, they start to realize that there is a, like a family group and there's, you know, there are different, um, characters. So there's like the matriarch, the, the woman, the mother, and then her mate, um, like an older male. And then there are what two, there are two brothers, like younger males. Um, yeah. there's a, a younger female. Um, and there, let's see who else we got. They kind of allude, they go to, they like call one Juno and they call the, the brothers like, you know, brother one or brother two or something like that. Yeah. I forget. Um, the, the, the male is the mate. I forget what they call him. And then the, the alpha is the female. And then they know that they're, I forget how they notice or they, maybe they saw them. Like there's also a, um, like a young mother that, um, has like a baby, you know, All right. um, they don't, they don't like that one does never come or fight. You know, they kind of stay out away and, <laughs> and they allude to like the, the fact there's like possibly more. Mm. Um, and so this group of Bigfoot have, have like been also pushed by the eruption of Mount St. Helens to survive. And they're like, all of their food source is now running away, all whatever they would have eaten, you know, like animals and plants and stuff. And so they're down to like, what are they, they're going to survive as well. So they need to eat something. So they're now start hunting the members of green loop community. And um, so, but here's one thing. How is she such a, uh, nature expert about groups of packs of anything. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Even if you even if you showed me a pack of wolves, right? And I got a few flashes of them here and there. There's no way I could patch together who did what. Right. You know, like how do you know if they're siblings? How do you know alpha? Maybe the one in front. Maybe the one who's not taking. That's about all I think you could maybe figure out about a group of things. Yeah. Well, I mean, Which, you know, I think... But she, so. he, she didn't have that much time to watch them. It's not like she right. was, like, observing them for a month. And right. you go, like, oh, and start to identify them. She was, was seeing them in flashes. And half right. of them were, like, she was scared to death. Yeah. That's yeah. one of the... Yeah, like, all of a sudden, one chapter, she knew everyone. And she's like, this one likes to eat greens while the other picks. It's like, wait, what the... How do you know all this? <laughs> Yeah, you don't I don't know. know. I, mean, I feel like they alluded to enough things to kind of piece it together, right? And just she's, like from what you can see, smart. like like the way they were, like the biggest ones and the oldest looking ones, with the most scars, and and the you know the females, like a big. She's the most like, um, she's like the most confrontational, like visually, you know, like mm-hmm. she'd always like she's like looking, like staring at people and calling the group back, and you know, um. And the two brothers, like they're, they have, there's like a fight scene at night where they're in the middle of the town and they're actually like fighting over something, you know, so like squabbling and they start beating up each other and then they run off and then. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a little bit of that, but there's such like quick things. Yeah. And then all of a sudden she's like some Bigfoot expert. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I mean, that didn't seem too out of place for me. I thought I was okay with that. (laughs) But yeah. So, uh, so basically they realized that this group is there to hunt them. Like there's this scene where they're like throwing rocks at the, that the group yeah. and, you know, so like they're hurling like boulders and like breaking windows and stuff and it's hitting the roofs and, you know, for like a while, like a bombardment of, of rocks. Right. Um, so I think like the, the Bigfoot are like testing them and, yeah. uh, yeah, it's wild. And then there's like, um, they're testing see. the fences. 
Yeah. There's a scene where one of the characters, Vincent, like he realizes like they're in this dire situation where they know the Bigfoot are there. They know that they're potentially there to hunt them. And so he's like, I need to go and try to find a way out. And the reason why they couldn't get out on the road is that there's this, uh, I forget what they call it, but, um, like a landslide of, of molten your stuff, you know? So it's like, like all the, the eruption of Mount St. Helens pushed all the stuff down. So you get all these landslides. So you get these big, like giant, um, like mudslides that are going across. It's blocking off their roads. It's blocking off their way out. Um, and so he decides to like go to like walk out and go see how far he can get to try to actually get help or something. And, uh, and there's a pretty like rough scene where, um, they hear him out in the woods oh, yeah. and he's been like basically attacked by the, by the, uh, the Bigfoot and he's like screaming and they, yeah. the way they describe it, actually, let me see. I think I, let me see. I wrote down, I wrote down the page cause I wanted to reference it Two twenty four. I think, let me see. Eight and this eight. is, yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, that's not it. Uh, okay. And, and yeah, while you're looking for it, they were yep. a more likable older couple, right? Yeah, right. They were like yeah, friendly. It's, and it's the guys his like, wife, right? Yeah, honey, I'll really go friend. out. I'll go check. Yeah. Like, don't worry. So it's kind of right. you're kind of rooting for that that couple, and then then this unfortunate event. Yeah. Um, In the distance. Yeah. Where is that? I had, I wrote two twenty four, but it's not on that page. Oh, it's is rough, it, though. Is it near it? Uh, that was something else. Uh, maybe not. But, yeah, I, I would I marked it down because um, they're talking about... It's like, this is when... Like, what I was talking about, how the people, basically, they, they come to this, like, primal version of themselves. Mm. Um... And uh, so this one, this is a, a paragraph. Of, so this is Kate and her husband. He said his arms around me, kisses his kiss goodbye, off to work. Coconut stabber on his hip, spear in one hand and a bread knife in the other. The common house was almost denuded of bamboo. A dozen or so stalks to go. It wouldn't. It wouldn't take long. And when he stepped out into the driveway, we couldn't see or hear anything from the ridge. Still, I couldn't help but utter, "Be careful." and got a grunting caveman spear to the chest in reply. I returned his salute with one of my own, a raised middle finger in the silently, and I silently mouth, I love you. You know, so it's like, he's like become this like man's man type of thing. You know, he's like, mm-hmm. he's the, he's like a soldier. He's going to make things. And he's like, and, and the one character most are is always like, this is what you can do to contribute. You know, like, mm-hmm. like, because yes, we're all this, like, common um like modern people you know we all you have different like sexualities different identifications you have mm. all this group of people that are all willing to be like modern people but in the end like you're still a male you still have more muscle mass than the females you know you still need to burn you need more food than the rest of us because you are working harder and burning more calories right there's still right. like these primal like underlying currents of humanity that are there um yeah uh yeah, so there's some wild. Oh wait, yeah. And I'm trying to look through, trying to find where that passage is where he's yeah. murdered. 
Yeah. Um, oh, there we go. Okay, yeah. Is so chapter uh, 16? I'm on one... Um, Oh man, riveting uh, podcasting here. As we read, <laughs> that, that's yeah, right. our, as our we're reading club. Books as we together. just read on the podcast to ourselves. <laughs> Is it? Um, um, uh, as a group, we dropped everything and rushed into the night. It was clear, close to the village, halfway yeah. up the ridge. A lone yep. voice, piercing agony. Agony. Mm-hmm. I'll read some of that. Okay. Um, like when you're little, the sound you first hear from a friend who's fallen hard, that long uh, rush of diaphragm torment after the initial shocking inhale. Vincent? Bobby's voice wobbly questioning. Then she hollered right next to me, Vincent! Effie covered Palomino's ears, that's the little girl, leading her back inside. Um, Vincent's next long shriek broke into echoing sobs. Bobby looked at me. Why me? Oh, Bobby looked at me. Why me? This is uh, Kate's. Like, why is she looking at me? He's hurt. Then to Dan. We have to go get him. Dan stepped towards the sound. Just one step. Because Mosar, she's the um, the badass lady, right. uh, reached out to grab his arm. She held firmly by a clump of shirt. No. Her expression was blank, practical. Don't. More distant sobs. Quick, soft, and then suddenly launching into another loud scream. He's hurt. Bobby looked at Mostar, then to Dan. He needs help. I saw Dan wiggle his arm slightly, pulling Mostar's grip, testing. She wouldn't budge. Uh, Dan got it, and he saw his shoulders sagged. Um, a couple more people, let's see, back in the ridge. But Bobby, they, she threw her hands up. Why, why they? You, you can't hear them. Can't you smell them? Said Mostar. Uh, they're keeping quiet on purpose. They want to draw us out, pull us apart. A sniper trick. What? Bobby started to say, and then if she just, then as if she just picked up the winning lottery ticket, her whole face broke into a wide smile. You're crazy. Um, and then she spun into the darkness. Vincent, we're coming. We're coming. Uh, see, and then she didn't move anymore. Yeah. So like, that's just a, like a chilling scene of they're hearing Vincent like scream this like childlike you know, pure, like that scream you do when you like, when you fall down and you're hurt and you, you're crying so loud that you don't make any noise. And then you like, when you see this as a parent, you're watching your child do this. They're like, their face is like, you know, their mouth is open. You know that they're like, it's, it's being pushed out so hard that there's no noise coming out. And then eventually they like breathe in and then they let out the wail that comes after that. You know, (laughs) it's like, you're like, Oh, okay. That, that means they're really hurt. Right. So that's what this, like, that's what Vincent is doing out in the woods. He's like wailing at like pure agony to the point, like where it's using like all of his vocal cords are like straining to like scream in agony. And in the scene, you know, they're the, the Bigfoot are like basically they're killing him and they're doing it in a way that he will have to scream right, to, like, him out. to draw them out into the woods. You know, they're basically just trying to pull them away from their houses because they know they have this kind of like this group of houses. That's like a fort that they have some protection in. Right. So, um, yes. Yeah. And then, and then they go on to say that they see someone watching them, you know? Uh, yeah. Like, so there's like a scout. And and then there's more screams and she's freaking out. She's like pulling her hair and um, 
and just really freaking out, turning on everybody. Like, you're doing this, and they're screaming back at her like they'll kill us. Um, yeah. The first stone, and then they start throwing stones and stuff. They're, they're just trying to uh, lure them out. So, yeah, I mean, see, that's yeah. the good stuff. That's the stuff you want more of. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, so, so like, different things keep happening like this. Like, they keep doing things. Um, they eventually kill one of the characters i forget exactly how it happens but they like they kill reinhardt the old guy and then they like and they're slowly like picking them off one by one and this whole time the whole community all the people are they're like they're they're trying to come up with a defensive strategy like what do we do we need to make some defense we need to put up stakes around the property that keep us you know safe we need to figure out how to rig up our houses with lights that go off when there's movement. And then they're like, you know, they figure out how to just, they, they keep setting up all this stuff. And Dan has, um, he's kind of a tech guy. So he's like rigged up the houses to be as efficient as possible to, you know, use the least amount of energy because they know if they do survive this uh, event and, you know, and aftermath of this attack, then they still have to survive the winter right? because they're still cut off from, the rest of the outside world because of the aftermath of the, of the eruption of Mount St. Helens. So like they're, you know, if it wasn't for, if it wasn't for the big, if it wasn't for the Bigfoot, they'd be able to just like grow what they needed to grow and work towards surviving. If it wasn't for the eruption of Mount, Han- Mount St. Helens, then they'd be able to just fight off Bigfoot until they could get help from the outside world. But right. you have a combination of these two things where there's no helps from the outside world and they now are facing, a uh, an enemy that <laughs> they don't believe that is even alive, but they're like, you know, super strong versions of us. Just maybe not as smart, but maybe they are smart, right? They're definitely intelligent. Um, right. Yeah. So it just goes on. They like keep things keep happening, and people people keep dying, and they're just like whittling down the group. Um, and uh, and then it and you know culminates to this big battle, right? So they have like. Yeah, and and one other thing is, yeah, there's big battle, but the 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 former leaders that they like, everyone kind of liked, mm-hmm. they just hid in their house the whole time. Yeah, they did. <laughs> and I, I, I mean, until like the very end, right? And yeah, then, they just they just like they devolve into like nothing. <laughs> you know, they lose all of their every bit of. Um, you know, tenacity and charisma that they had as leaders just like shuts off once they realize that they're like nothing from the outside world matters anymore. Nothing of what their impression of who they are, how the world sees them. None of that matters. And then all of a sudden they're just like, they're nothing. They just like the chick is just like riding her exercise bike all the time. And the dude is just like sitting around and they're like slovenly and, you know, like, not doing anything like not helping to contribute just completely gave up yeah it's crazy (laughs) so yeah and then everyone else whoever's left because a few times they go out and get someone gets killed because they're like trying to look for stuff and then right it's just and then some people get killed because they start attacking the houses and busting into the houses Mm. and actually running in and searching for people you know um and things are failing and and they're starting to like well, my house doesn't have windows, so maybe we can stay with you. And, and during the mm-hmm. day, they don't seem to attack. But um, Right, so then there's, like, a group of people that are still doing food stuff, but then there's a group of people that are 
um, making weapons, another group that is, you know, once the weapons are made, or they're, or they're like making stakes to do perimeter stuff, and and this so they've like, and yeah. this all comes from the character character Mostar, who had lived through a bunch of crazy stuff, so she's always giving people jobs, right? And you yep. need to find a way to do food. Do you know anything about weapons? Can you fix things? Like, you know, assigning jobs to these people who won't kind of do it for themselves, right? And yeah. um, so she is the the tough. Um, tough love kind right. of leader of it all and she's she's trying to get everyone to uh focus yeah and then i yeah. she she doesn't die before the uh the big, before the main thing right or does she? she she does yeah she dies before that um and i can't remember i can't remember exactly how there's like a confrontation with one of the Bigfoot, I think. Maybe it's the... Oh, it's, is it in her house? Like, alpha male, yeah, like maybe in her house or in someone else's house. Um, she's so like... Yeah. 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 And so there's a few, yeah, attacks and fights. Um, and then do you want to go to... Oh, and then the, the main two uh, people who started it who were like... Right. They go into the house and they find out that like... They haven't eaten, you know, she hasn't eaten anything. She's just been, like, exercising her yeah, worries right. away. But she's, like, right, skin and bones. And I, I don't really remember. It was, apparently it was just filthy, right? Cause they yeah. Had, everything was off. And it was just whatever they had and food and filth and, and mm-hmm. shit. And <laughs> yeah, right. It smelled bad. And they just, like, it just, like, you know, collapsed into nothingness, right. basically. Like, they were just doing, you know, like, people who basically had, like, a nervous breakdown. Yeah, and all they're doing is like they're just repeating the thing that their body's used to doing. Like right. she's just like working out all the time, and he's just like sitting around like reading magazines, you know, like right. on like nothing. Um, yeah, and uh, he decides to leave. Right? Does does he? Yeah, because he's like, um, I'm I'm gonna go and, and check. Like it was the thing. Finally, like oh, he he got the chance to abandon everyone. Right. Right. Yeah. And then he. Oh no! Yeah, and that's when his car gets attacked. Right. Remember? Yeah. It's like yeah. someone jumps on the hood. Right. Yeah. He goes to just drive off. Right. And, yeah. And one, I think it's like one of the brothers, maybe. Um. Yeah. So like, as these different events happen, um, their their preparations, their kind of war preparations, they put them into effect a few different times. Like, okay, you know, we're going to set up a perimeter and then there's like, they're going to try this to attack us in this one thing. So they do it and then it kind of works or it doesn't work and some people die and then they realize, okay, well, you know, the, the Bigfoot are coming between the houses. So let's block off between the houses and then Bigfoot start coming through the houses. Right. And then, um, and so the houses are kind of like in a circle around a big common house in the middle. And so they've all kind of moved into the common house to protect themselves. And, um, yeah. And then they actually end up, so the big battle at the end, the culminating battle where, you know, all the Bigfoot are coming at the same time and all the people are there and trying, like, there's like the one big battle to see who survives. And so they actually end up rigging up all the houses, um, with the, uh, what's it called? The, the gas. Yeah, yeah, the gas. Like so, underneath, um, underneath all the houses are big pits that collect all their waste, and that waste turns into the, um, to the, what's it called? The the gas that runs like the same thing they use on farms and stuff. Right. Um. Yeah. So so they use that, um, and they rig it up basically to 
all the houses become bombs right so anytime like so when the they've they've blocked off all the passages between the houses so they're forcing the bigfoot to come through the houses and then they basically set them off they ignite them and they all explode and um and so it kills off some of the bigfoot and um other ones survive and so then they're all in this common house and it's at this point you have kate and her husband are left you have um maybe one or both of the lesbian couple, the right. the mothers of Palomino. I think they're both left. Um, I think maybe Vincent's wife is still alive. Um, and that might be it at that point. Yeah. Um, and maybe, maybe like the, the Tony and his wife and stuff. I think this all, all that whole thing with like him trying to leave and all this stuff. I think this all happens at the same time. So all the different characters try to come in and they end up, like getting into the house and um, you know, like they're all there, they're fighting, there's, you know, killing happening and throwing spears and cause they all have and, spears by then they've, they've set up the, yeah, all to have, have weapons at least. Yeah. The 3d printer, they set the, the 3d printer to basically print glass spearheads, you know? Yeah. So like, yeah. like, like, you know, the same thing that you would have had with like flint napping a piece of uh, obsidian right. or something basically, you know, and um, so they like, the they there's a one scene where they're fighting the two brothers the two brother bigfoot and the like the one they throw spears in him and he's like clawing at because it breaks off inside of him and he falls down and the other brother like runs at kate and her husband and they both throw spears at the uh the other brother and one gets batted away and the other one like sticks into his leg and then the one of the other people like throws a spear and she throws it really good and sticks him in his gut. And so he basically like pulls it out and just turns and runs. Like he's just, he's in flee like flight mode. You know, he realizes that he's going to die unless he runs and his brother is like laying on the ground, bleeding out, like hollering after after him. And he just takes yeah. off, yeah. like just abandons everyone just yeah. takes off. And then, um, the main, uh, matriarch of the group, the alpha female, she's there and she's like, there's a scene, there's a kind of an interesting scene where um, she is in the room with Kate and Palomino and one of Palomino's mothers. And um, I think, no, it's it's not the alpha female, it's Juno, it's one of the younger females. And she picks up Palomino, the daughter, the young girl. She's probably, what, like six or seven or eight or something right. like that, right? And she's holding her, you know, up in the air and basically, like, looking at the other women, like, I have your child. Like, right. what are you going to do? Like, right. you know, like, if you come any closer, I'm basically going to kill your child. And the the one mother, like, runs and, like, jumps at her, like, this crazy primal scream, like, <laughs> yeah, right, growl right. that comes out of her. And she bites into Juno's neck, which is what they call that, the younger female, female Bigfoot. Yeah. And she, like, bites into her neck and tears out, like, a big chunk of her neck and then, and like, then falls off and Juno just, like, smashes her out of the, like, at, like just hits her yeah. and she crumples to the ground and she drops Palomino at the same time. And so Palomino, like, I guess at that point Palomino yells out, like, Mama. It's the first time she's talked. That's um, oh, yeah. a wild scene, but this just like, and that's like all these things happen where they all get pushed to a point where they have to be the primal versions of themselves. Right, and that's either fight or flight. Most exactly of right, yeah. yeah. And some some people just it, like just melt into a puddle, and other people that that 
part of them that comes out is a positive thing, you know, or maybe positive or negative, you know, it goes back and right. forth. Right. Um, and so, yeah. So what is it like? So they have remember. one, they have one dead that they leave there that they, then they do the same thing. Not oh, the torture yeah. thing, right? That was for the next, the last showdown. Mm-hmm. So they have their dead, right? Yeah. And they're, mm-hmm. was it the alpha? No, they have, was... um, they had the alpha male. Right. Um, he died. And so they had him like covered up underneath of a tarp or whatever. This is before the big battle. Oh, right. Yeah. They, and they like okay, pull yeah. it off and they, you see him there on the ground and he's there and they like, I think Kate pees on him or something. Yeah, she like squats like or pees or yeah, pisses on him. Like pisses right and on they, him. And they, they like, all start freaking out. Yeah. Which is like, right there. Like at that point, the, the people in the community realizing like, we got to do something to draw them in. Like uh, we right. have to so make that, yes, them that do something the that they wouldn't. Stuff. Yeah. Right. So that like forces them to come into the buildings. Yeah. yeah that was a great scene. <laughs> so yeah, they're like they, stomping on him and peeing on him. Was this, this was the last fight, right? Around that one. Yeah, so, yeah, and that, I, I can't remember the whole culminating scene with, because I guess there's, like, the scene with Kate and the alpha female and the battle there, but um, Dan dies, her husband. Um, right, her husband dies trying to defend someone, and then right. the moms, a lot of that. The moms are dead, the other wife is dead. Right, they all kind of get killed one by one. Yeah. And uh, and the majority of the Bigfoot group is also killed. Um, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, and then the battle ends, and Kate is alive, and she's alive with Palomino, the daughter. Right. Um, and that's kind of where the story ends. Um, right, the, the journal, the, the journal that they found journal entries. Yeah. is left, it, is that the last entry was her telling about the fight and her husband dying, and... It's just, you know, her and Palomino left. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, okay, so it says... Um, uh, if I remember... Let's see. Uh, okay, Alpha charged, Alpha charged at just the same moment, spoiling the spike's angle, pushing it toward the sternum where it lodged between hide and bone. Alpha roared, reeled back, taking Dan with her. She raised her fist just as he freed himself. The blow came down on his shoulders, spinning him sideways, knocking him to his, on his stomach. Uh, she stepped back, stepped on his back and pal heard the crack. And so did I, I'm not sure what I said at that moment, running out to see her raising a foot to stomp on his head, something profound or just profane. I must've made some kind of sound to get her to twist in my direction for her eyes to catch the reflected light of my shield. Uh, that light on her face, the expression annoyed at the distraction or just glad to finish me off. I remember her fists raising high above her head, aiming for the shield exposing the soft dark dent of her armpit and i drove the damascus blade through the skin and muscle and heart and lungs the world spun alpha jerked herself away throwing me aside losing my shield but still gripping the zulu spear the sound it made sliding from the wound um i landed flat on my back ears ringing eyes and mouth filled with her blood i managed to crawl backward to the edge of the common house sitting up against the wall i watched through tunneling vision as alpha took a long thundering steps toward me she tried to roar but all that came out was pink foam she tried to move but her knees buckled she knelt raised an arm reaching she fell on her hands and knees eyes never losing mine a final stretch fingers brushing my shoe and she collapsed without a sound 
I crawled past her and over to Dan. I stroked his face, called his name. Pal touched, Pal's hand touched my shoulder. My man is dead. Um, so that's the end of her story. Um, and then the epilogue talks about, um, it's from the perspective of her brother. Um, yeah, people came and you know, showed up eventually. And, and half, right. half of the journals are people kind of talking about all the dead bodies and maybe what happened and trying to piece everything together and where is everybody. Um, yeah. Also, find, one, you know, one yeah. little note is funny. The whole explaining of Damascus knife, <laughs> mm-hmm. like the one guy was so proud of it. And like they were talking about all like, it's like, you know, he like, uh, the author like either looked up some stuff or was like, Ooh, what's that cool looking thing called? Yeah, right. And, like, and learned a little <laughs> bit about it, you know, and then put that in. Yeah. Like, oh, so there was some like knife making yeah. talk in it, and it is like, like it's a Bob Kramer knife, which is actually like Bob Kramer is like one of the top yeah. knife makers in the oh, world. That's, that's right. where Bob- Mareko learned how to make Damascus knives from Bob Kramer, nice. and like, nice. and um, what's his uh, the the um, the the chef um, who passed away, um, who did all the. Um, Anthony Bourdain, he went oh, yeah. and like visited Bob, Bob Kramer and did like a show on his craft, raw nice, craft. Nice. That was a good show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was, yeah. There was a little. There was some knife talk in it. Yeah, <laughs> right. The Damascus blade, because it was like yeah. it's like a long chef's knife, right? Which actually made a really good spearhead, right, and I think right. it had a. Um, I think it had made it had a full tang. I can't remember, but they like they they were using the knives with full tangs because they already had holes drilled in them, so they could like right, right, you know, yeah, lace it onto handles. Yeah, and stuff. There, was some, and, there was some good knife talk. Yeah, um, but then yeah, in the epilogue, they basically talk about like coming back. You know, when the rangers and stuff, when they found the place, they found that they the evidence of this massacre, but then also there were graves that were dug and made, you know? So like, so obviously Kate and Palomino dug graves and buried a bunch of the people. Um, and there were like, you know, obviously the dead Bigfoot were there too. Like they didn't, you know, like, but, but there was also evidence that she, um, like butchered and cooked and like dried a right. bunch of the meat and stuff. You right, know? So, right. So there was evidence that she was survived, that Kate survived, and that she was doing things that seemed like maybe she was preparing to travel or, like, to go, right? So, like, whether that's to find her way out and to find people again or what right. they kind of suspected is maybe she was going after the group. You know, they, that, that she at that point was like, now I'm going to stalk you. <laughs> Let's stalk the rest of the group of the Bigfoot and go was kill a little, them all. Like, that was a little funny. It's kind of cool, but yeah. it's kind of a little corny, like... <laughs> She's not gonna. She's not like now a, a totally changed like blood-seeking yeah, right. warrior, right? Like, Hell bent yeah, exactly. on revenge. I mean, that might make a cooler second book, right? Yeah, but it's it, yeah, it makes sense that just like yeah, you know, she they're trying to leave. Like we're not gonna stay here the whole time. I don't want right. to do this forever. This isn't. Yeah. I mean, we can make it out. She's probably seeing planes and stuff and right. all types of stuff. So she knows it's not the end of the world. Yeah, and I I do like that they um they kind of they ended the book, you know, not super long after they found the evidence of the massacre. Yeah. Right. So they left it off at a time period where she could just be still making her way out, you know, walking out yeah. from where oh, she right. was. Like maybe she went in the wrong direction, you know, because she right. wasn't she wasn't like a survivalist. So maybe she walked south, or maybe she walked north, or, or yeah. west, yeah. right? Yeah. Like instead of going toward a town. Or maybe she is involved 
in some skirmishes with still more creatures or hiding. You know, maybe she only made it 10 miles and then right. someone yeah, else maybe, caught up with her. Right, exactly. Maybe, right, maybe she buried the dead, dried the meat, and left, and they killed her the next night. Right. You know, like, it's like, it, it left it off. And I thought, I liked the way they left it off. I like that it was like, okay, you know, we don't know what happened to her. We know that this is what, this is the last thing she wrote about. This is what was left at the scene. This is what we found. We know her body's not here and Palomino body's not here. So yeah. we don't know where that is. Like, So, yeah, I th- yeah, the ending, I liked the ending. That was good. Yeah. Like, yeah, I did too. You know, I figured there would probably only be a couple people left. And right. I mean, it's a massacre. So you, it's like pretty much everyone's dead. Yeah. Um, but yeah. and it was good, like kind of, and then you're kind of thinking about, like, I wonder if she did go. Maybe you know, maybe she is Rambo now, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, Rambina. Just, she, yeah, just a <laughs> montage at the end of the book of her like jumping from trees and like uh, yeah, spearing right, people, exactly. and her little friend, her little kid friend, is like a <laughs> Ewok. <laughs> it's like Batman and Robin. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> yeah, you. I imagine like there's the uh, you know in the extras of the, the movie version of this. There's like the alternate endings, right? <laughs> the ones we didn't see, where like they are they are crazy out there. You see like Palomino in the middle of like a yeah. pasture, and she's like picking flowers, and then like a a Bigfoot comes running toward her, and she like like turns and lifts open like lifts up a, a covering to a little hidden place and then like Kate comes yeah. out and she's got spears or a bow and she like you know it's all like decoy Kate, and Kate's riding another one. She's <laughs> <laughs> got like a saddle on his back that she's made. We can yeah, tame right. the beast. <laughs> and a shotgun she found, you know. It's like damn right, exactly. Like a shotgun ammo. <laughs> a, a Bigfoot riding a shotgun warrior. Yeah, that's a straight out of like a Frank Rosetta illustration. Like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be sweet. Uh, yeah, she's wearing like a skimpy top and her boobs are all big. Yeah, like, yeah. It's like um, heavy metal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it was fun. It was a good book. And uh, I, yeah, I, you you were the one that came up with this one, right? You, that was your Yeah, your choice. I, I don't know. I was, good. I was just looking at trying to. Like we we had all these like classics in mind, but I was, right. then I, I found this one. I was like, well, it's, I like Max Brooks. It's kind of a fun, not too crazy serious, you know, which we right, talked yeah. about before. Um, and it it was like no, I, I did enjoy it. I mean, I'm picking stuff out just because it's fun to pick stuff out and like right, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd I'd read it. Hopefully, we, some of you guys read along with us and got through the first hundred and twenty five pages. Right. Uh, my buddy Guy was complaining at the beginning. Like, What's going on? Nothing's <laughs> happening. This book. <laughs> I was like, all right, sell down. I was like, just uh, keep going. You'll be all right, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a movie. It's just reading, you know, chill. Relax. <laughs> right. It's going to take some time. Take yeah. some time. It's going to take a few hours maybe to get somewhere. <laughs> that was one of the things that I kind of, you know, that I, I kind of liked about the 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 character development that it did seem just like a normal group of people right so it's like okay well like max brooks is trying to write in a certain way you know so he's trying to write about yeah. a normal group of people this is not a this is not a you know post-apocalyptic book it's not a horror book it's not a like whatever you call it right it's, it is like it's supposed to be a snippet of like what could have really happened to real people like just average people you know so 
I kind of like that, but yeah, no, it definitely took some time. I was like, all right, I'm ready for the, I'm ready for Bigfoot. You know, I'm ready for them to be in the story at some point, but yeah, it was, it was cool. Um, and yeah, again, if you guys, if you read along, if you read the book, um, you know, let us know what you thought. Well, I'll put a post up tomorrow and like comment on it. If we like, you know, or if you're listening along, let us know what you thought. It was kind of fun. Um, and then we're, uh, I guess we're ready to start another book. Yeah, maybe we'll, um, next week we'll announce the next book. Okay, cool. Yep. And, and yeah, um, I was going to say, yeah, like, okay. we're still figuring out how to do it. Maybe to add people, maybe have a guest on with us right. to talk about, just to have a third voice in it. Yeah. Um, fun. Someone who we know is reading. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe have some Discord or some type of chat, or maybe... In the future, some type of live Skype or Instagram thing where we can have people chatting. Right. Yeah. Like adding, and then we can be reading stuff, what other people are saying. Right. And still, you know, we're not, when we're like, oh, that person did that one thing somehow, and someone died, someone can like fill us in. Like, yeah. Right. Exactly. It was her. It was this, this character. Because yeah. I, I feel like there was a lot of characters that yeah. I had to keep trying. Like, I, I actually went back to the map a few times. I was like trying to remember what family was this? Right. Okay, that's this person. Okay, you know. Yeah. Because when they throw 15 names at you, you know, it's kind right. of, I, or at least for me, I, I start like, oh, man. Just give me, like, a simple name and, like, something I know they do or have. And then I, yeah. maybe I can catch on. And also, yeah, like, you know, you introduce to a character once and then, you know, you, you read a, a chapter or two and they're not in those chapters. And then you, you put the book down for a week and you come back to it and then you see the name and you're like, who's that again? Is that person married to that person? Like, it's been a while since I my brain had to figure out who this person was. Right. Yeah, or there's some, back. Yeah. some thing that, like, you know, the author is like, oh, can you believe this happened? Because yeah. they're like, and they're, again, disgusted with, you know, uh, Mike. Yeah, I'm like why again? Who was Mike? Why are they disgusted? I guess right. what did Mike do? I why is she so angry at him? <laughs> I haven't read this do? book in 14 days. I don't <laughs> right. remember what happened. I've <laughs> been on vacation. I was sick a little bit. And too. I, yeah, and I watched <laughs> you know four different shows with a million different characters and <laughs> right exactly. You know, like, I don't know. This is modern book club. We do oh, lots of yeah. other things. <laughs> we need to, yeah, maybe next month I'll have a we'll have like a a name list in front of us and a, all right. Like yeah. bullet points. <laughs> we'll step it up a little bit. <laughs> or we'll do a live thing where you have like a whiteboard and we'll be like, all right, here's this guy. Ah, that's kind of cool. Here's this yeah. person. And you I describe was... it. Here's the names of the people. Oh, here's where people live. Right. Yeah. And I would I would like to do something like that, like a, you know, maybe a YouTube live, right? Because then people can comment a little quicker and we can do, you know, you and I can do a live thing and be in the same room and like talking about stuff and asking questions and getting people's feedback. I think that'd be fun. It's just a matter of, of doing it, you know, a matter of like of preparing it and doing it, doing it. Yeah. I guess it doesn't have to be done well, but you know, just figuring out the best way to do that. That makes the most sense. Right. Cause we want the most amount of people to hear it. Right. And so the podcast makes the most sense for getting out to the most people just who want to hear us talk. Right. So right. obviously we have a bigger audience on YouTube, but people who are here who enjoy us talking about the things we do and the things we're interested in. Right. That's the people we want to know and to, to follow along and read with us in the book club. Yeah. Um, and so obviously this is the best avenue for us to talk about this type of thing, but 
but logistically it might be better to have like, you know, a YouTube live video is like the comments work easier, you know, or yeah, an Instagram live is, is like other right. people can join in, which is kind of good. Right. So it's like then, a combination of multiple things. So we got to figure out the logistics. Well, I think maybe a YouTube live that could, cause some can be streamed to multiple things and right. then we can just take the audio and make that the podcast. Right. Yeah, exactly. Just grab the audio yeah. from there and have that come out a day, a couple days later. Right. And then also people who want to, then we have a YouTube live video as well. Right. So that's like a combination of those two things. So, so. But yeah. So yeah, that was fun. Thanks for joining us on, on this uh, new book club journey. I think three months is a good time. Yeah. Right on. Yeah, exactly. As we yeah. said, like maybe four books a year or something like that. Like, yeah. Yeah. Four books a year because you can still, I mean, everyone's busy. Everyone's got things to do. We all got mm -hmm. families. Some people read, like Dustin read it. He was done two months ago. I finished like two weeks ago. Right. Yeah. It's just, just I didn't, I kind of put it down for a month and then right. like add some, some time at, at work. Like there's a few gigs where I knew I was just going to sit there for an hour before each game. So I was like, all right, right. I'll bring the Kindle. And yeah. Okay. So did you read it all? paperback or or your hard whatever i did traditional yep. yeah mm -hmm. nice i yeah. read i think five pages of the real book really <laughs> and then all the rest was kindle <laughs> just why just because it's more convenient to bring around or what just yep yep more convenient um i can read it at night in bed yeah okay which i do yep. you know we have like the lights off and i'm not going to turn a lamp on necessarily yeah right um so I have the, the, the nice, I have like the really fan, I have the fanciest Kindle. <laughs> I forget what it's called, but it has real buttons. It's got, it's got lighting and you can change the temperature of the light, which is really nice. Cause my nice. first paper white was only touch screen and it only had cool settings, which, you know, mm -hmm. as night is not really good for your eyes. It's never comfortable. Right. So I yeah. kind of have it on a warmer setting and uh, dim it down a little bit, but you can, it's, nice. It's, it's real nice, and it has real buttons on the Kindle, which I missed from the original. Because <laughs> yeah. I don't like touching the screen every time. You know, I just want a little something to, you know, my hands right, already yeah. on the side of the book, just to give me a little button to push. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, definitely, like the convenience of a Kindle is nice. Right. Everything's there. Yeah. You know, it's yeah, and yeah, I do like the idea of like because I'll I'll read in bed at night sometimes. It, I usually don't last very long. Like if I'm in bed and I'm I'm reading, like I I got to be really excited about a book to read right. in bed at all. Right. And then even that, even if it's like, I'm in like a super awesome part, I'm right in the middle of a, ch a chapter and there's like a battle going and it's like super, I'm super excited about, it. I'll fall asleep right in the middle. You do the, <laughs> you, you get woken up by the book falling on your chest. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I've, I've woken up know. so many times when that's just like, whack, it whacks Doink. you because you just <laughs> drop it like, Ooh. all right. Right. Yeah. It rolls off or like <laughs> a lot of times I'll, I'll lay on my stomach to read a book, but I don't, I never sleep in my stomach, you know, but I'll like push the pillow up you, under my you chin. You lay on your stomach? Yeah. Yeah. So I'll lay on my stomach. I'll push, I'll push my pillow up like underneath my chin, like under my chest. And then I'll have the book on the bed in front of me. Such an so early way, way to read your book. <laughs> it's like you're reading teen bop. <laughs> your little I got legs, my legs, kicking. my legs kicked up <laughs> with some socks on. <laughs> that Jonathan Taylor Thomas is so cute. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, that's, I don't know. That's how, you know, I'll, I'll either do that or I'll like, I mean, there's, I'll do it multiple different ways, but if most often I'll try to do that because I'll, I'll stay awake the longest if I'm that way. 
yeah. because it's not super comfortable, you know? So like, right. I got to keep moving myself and my beard sometimes is like annoying and I'll try to push it away, <laughs> you know, like, and, um, but if I do fall asleep and I wake up, say whatever, 10 or 15 minutes later, then my shoulders are all fucking sore. Cause like <laughs> the way I'm laying on yeah. my body, I'm like, ah, I'll try to move my arms back down. I'm like, ah, <laughs> push the book off to the side. <laughs> but, oh boy. But yeah, I mean, I, you know, as long as you're not listening to an audiobook, it's got to be a real, a real read, right? Yeah. <laughs> like actually read through. So. Yeah. But yeah, but no, it was a blast. Super fun. I like the idea. I'm glad that you suggested it and I'm glad that we went with it and I'm, and I'm like happy for the people. I know there were a couple people out there who bought the book and who commented that they really liked it and they appreciated the suggestion, you know, and that's fun, right? That's what we wanted it to, wanted to yeah. do, whether it's like five people who are reading along with us or a thousand people, like. That's okay. You know, it's a fun way for us to read some more books and and to give us some fun stuff to talk about that's a little different than just the normal maker stuff that we normally do. So, yeah. Cool. Something cool. Yeah. Next week we'll we'll come up with a new one and yeah. maybe after that we'll like let everyone pitch in ideas and, you know, right. we're we're desperately searching for good books and material just like everybody else. Yeah, right. Like, what exactly. the hell should I read next? Yeah. So, cool. All right, well uh you have a recommendation this week, Dave? Oh yeah, um, real quick because uh, I think I hear the baby and I got to poop a little bit. So, <laughs> the show Shogun, really oh, yeah. good. I was talking about, I was talking about going to watch it yesterday. We all went to uh-huh. dinner, um, but the first episode and a half is great. Nice, so well done. Um, good characters, uh, really interesting. Everything you know, costumes great. Uh, CG is great. Um, I won't tell when, but well, and I, it's one FX, and there is nudity and graphic violence, right? So I don't know how they got away with it, but there's boobs in the first one with the second one, and then in the first one, I won't tell how, but it's this awesome thing. This guy gets in the way, and he quickly gets his head removed from his body. Nice in like the <laughs> the coolest way, but um, <laughs> but really 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 good show so far so um, I'm loving it Shogun Sweet. FX nice. or on Hulu who's the what's the who's the main character well um, the basic thing the act, happens the is it's I, mean. I think it's the 1500 or 1600s okay. right where the Portuguese have started trading with the Japanese secretly okay. and right. the Japanese don't even really know there's other Europeans because they were so secluded, and for so long mm-hmm. they were killing Christians and all this. Anyone who landed, it was, you know, uh, for a long right. time, uh, the shogunate or whoever would not allow any outsiders. Right. So the Portuguese come in, start trading, and then there's an English ship that comes in. Okay. I won't, so it's like a, a guy and his crew. And then, so he's... I, I read, like, a quarter of the first book. So the first episode, I actually knew what was happening, which is really nice for context. And, you know, when you read the book, you have a good, okay, I know who this is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he's on, and they're all trying, the Japanese are trying to figure him out. And then and then the other story, which probably is the main story, is there's like four or five different families or group. And they're right. trying to decide who should lead after the one dad dies, or whoever the leader dies, the king mm-hmm. or... And also, I think there's there's going to be a you know fight for who try to try to join them all and become Shogun, right? So, is so it great. is it Henry 
Cavill? Is that the... No, James... Okay. Henry Cavill's the uh, Superman actor. Yeah, I don't know. I was, I think I was watching the thing, and there was like a, a picture of him, and it looked like it was from the Shogun show. That's what I was Oh, asking. you mean oh, the actor? Yeah. Um, no, it's another guy. He kind of sounds like uh, uh, Tom... Hardy, Hardy, yeah, yeah. I can, like that's him. the that's what I'm picturing. That kind okay. of bearded, like, yeah, yeah. His name is Cosmo Jarvis, Cosmo, like Kramer, Cosmo, Cosmo. But he's nice. really good, actually, as the main character. I'm, he's grown on me. Nice. Um, cool. The original guy wrote it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I can't find his name right now. All right. But anyway, really right. good. Cool. All right. Well, my recommendation is uh, The Last Kingdom by Bernard Cornwell. Um, so it's a series of books that follow the story of Uhtred of Bebenberg. And I may have talked about this before, but um, he's uh, an English uh, lord who is um, who's captured by the Danes when he's like 10 and lives with them and raised by them and basically adopted by them and then goes back to uh, and eventually goes back to um, the uh, back to the English and um, and so it follows his story throughout his life and all these different battles but it's the whole time of like of the early the the late 800s um, when England is divided into multiple kingdoms and and they all keep falling to the Danes and they're basically down to like the very last kingdom of Wessex and, and the English are basically almost annihilated completely. And then the whole story, the whole story arc goes back through how like, then they eventually like win back the different kingdoms. And then that's why England is England now and not Daneland. Um, but, uh, but the books are really good. I actually read the books first and, um, and then realized they made a show about it, which was really cool too. So, so I've watched the whole series and now I'm rereading the book. So I just finished the first book, um, the last kingdom. Um, and then the show is the same name. So it's a, it's a double recommendation, the show and the book, both called the last kingdom by Bernard Carnwell. Um, the show's good, but obviously like any show, it's really fast. Um, so, uh, but otherwise it's, it's really good. Um, I, you know, I like both the show. It's fun to follow along with the characters and see this, like what happens in the book, but, um, obviously the book like builds more into it. So it is, it's cool. I like them both. And, um, and that was my recommendation for this week. All right, guys, that is it for now. Um, Thank you all so much for listening to us. Thank you for hanging out with us and doing the book club. It's been a blast. It's been fun to read and it's been fun to go back over it. And, and, uh, it was fun to kind of think about how you, um, synop how you create a synopsis of a story that, you know, has all this different underlying layers and things. And how do you figure out what the author wanted to do? So that was kind of fun to do. Not something that I've done before, at least not since like high school writing, like, uh, review papers of, uh, <laughs> of, um, of stories and things. So that was fun. Um, it's been a blast again to do that. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, make sure you don't forget to head over to YouTube and check out our most recent video of doing the ax handle. We're going to be working on the Viking, um, knife, YouTube knife maker challenge videos will be coming out shortly as well. So, uh, we're, we're working on that now working on our, our video for the YouTube knife maker challenge. That's Viking based. So we're going to be doing a Viking ax, which is pretty sweet. 
Um, you can also find us both on Instagram at the art of craftsmanship and the art of camera guy, check out what's going on behind the scenes. And then if you want to support us further, you can go to patreon.com forward slash the art of craftsmanship and you can uh, support us there. And for those people that do support us there, we really, really appreciate it. It makes, um, I say this every week. I say it makes a difference, but it really does. Like it, it's it's heartwarming to know that people are out there that want to support us. Devin, it took Devin and I a while to start Patreon because we were like, well, we want to give people something to support, or we don't know like how we feel about people just supporting us like that. But a few different people we talked to who we trust were like, you know, people want to support makers. They want to support people that they appreciate and that they think that are putting things out there in the world. And if you don't give them those people a way to support you, then they're going to support someone else. So for those of you who have taken advantage of that and support us on patreon we really appreciate it so thank you all so much all right guys that's all of it for now thank you so much next week we'll be back and we'll uh we'll introduce a new book um and we'll see where we go from there all right guys thank you all so much for listening and we will talk to you next time everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.